We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Have you ever wondered how Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, a state that hasn't voted for a Democrat in four successive presidential elections, a state that hasn't had one county vote blue in at least three successive elections, have you ever wondered how such a state could be so woke? and so left-leaning? Well, I'll answer that question on today's Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is Oklahoma, the reddest of red states. How has it become so progressive, so woke, so focused on things that appear to be antithetical to that label? to that identity, to that conservative image that it carries across the nation. You can't get any more conservative than Oklahoma, we say. Just look at our voting history. Look at the fact that we haven't voted for a Democrat in four successive presidential elections. Look at the fact that we are entirely red. There isn't even one blue county in the last two or three elections. Oklahoma is the model of conservative politics, conservative values, conservatism for the nation, right? Well, not so much. Not so much. For example, if we're so conservative, if we're controlled by the GOP, if the GOP is leading us and the GOP platform actually represents our ideals, then why don't we have school choice? You ever stop and think about that? We've got a Republican governor. We have a Republican state superintendent of public instruction for the state of Oklahoma. We have a Republican secretary of education. We have a Republican House. We have a Republican Senate. In fact, we have strong majorities in the House and Senate. It's just not razor thin. I mean, it's overwhelming. So why don't we have school choice? Just something as simple as that. Let's forget some of the other social values that seem to be so controversial today. Values that just yesterday were just common sense, that nobody would have questioned, like a male is a male and a female is a female. Oh, that's so controversial today. Values such as, well, if you are a male, then you should use he and his and him pronouns and not she and hers. That's, you know, values like that. Values like, um, oh, I'd rather teach my own kid about morality, and I'd rather not have some unknown teacher with a hidden agenda teaching them how to engage in their first time, which is what Joy Hoffmeister, our Republican, Republican, I'll say it one more time in quotation marks, 
our Republican state superintendent of public instruction is promoting on the official Oklahoma Department of Education website. When you click one or two tabs in, you'll find a special note for your sons and daughters about their first time. And, oh, yeah, as I told you in a couple shows ago, when your kid clicks on that tab, and why wouldn't they? What young teenager wouldn't look at that and be curious? And by the way, I don't want anybody talking to my sons about their first time other than me. They're my kids. They're not yours, Joy Hoffmeister, or woke teacher, or principal, or superintendent. No, they're not your children. They're not your babies, as the superintendent in California recently said. No, they're not your babies. They're mine. They're my kids. They've been entrusted to me by God. They are my responsibility. I will teach them what's right and what's wrong, what's moral and immoral what's true and what's false. I will do that. That's my responsibility. In fact, it is my utmost responsibility as a father to teach them those things. And if you're going to contradict what I teach them, you should be arrested. You shouldn't be affirmed and you shouldn't be paid by my tax dollars to tear their morality down rather than build it up. But oh no, we now have a situation here in the state of Oklahoma where Joy Hoffmeister apparently thinks that she is my kid's parent rather than me, and she has provided a special little tab under the Department of Education for the state of Oklahoma to teach my sons how to engage in their first time and to teach your daughters how to do the same. But you know what happens when they click on that tab, when your son or your daughter does so? Oh, there's a banner that pops up immediately and tells them to remember to purge their search history on their computer, on their laptop, when they're done. Now, don't you have to wonder why Ms. Hoffmeister puts that there? Well, I'll tell you why, class. The, the answer to this quiz is really quite simple. The reason she does that, the reason Ms. Hoffmeister puts that banner up there, is so you, the parent, can't come through later on and check and see what your sons and daughters are doing. You won't be able to find the fact that they've been teased and tempted into this cesspool of immorality. Yes, I'm going to say it. Cesspool of immorality, of sexual nihilism, by our own Department of Education under the leadership of Joy Hoffmeister, somebody who pretends to be a Republican but thumbs her nose at the traditional moral standards of the traditional Oklahoma family and teaches them, tells them that it's okay to engage in their first time as long as they do it this way, safely. You know, just safely. Don't worry about any of the morality that your mom and dad are talking to you about. Don't worry about chastity. Don't worry about sexual faithfulness. Don't worry about all that that, that terrible, terrible idea of just abstaining from sex until you get married. Oh, that crazy idea, that crazy stuff about abstinence. Don't worry about that. Oh, but you should worry about one thing. Purge your search history after you're done reading this because you don't want mom and dad to know that you were actually, you were actually checking this stuff out. 
That's what we have in education right now, people. Well, if you wondered why Oklahoma is so woke, I'm going to tell you why. Oh, the rant I just went on, uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to share more information as to why the state of Oklahoma is kind of the canary in the cave. You know, they used to put canaries down in the coal mines, and if the canary died, you knew that there was some sort of toxic gas down in the coal mines, so human beings didn't go down there. The canary in the cave analogy is exactly what applies to Oklahoma right now because Oklahoma is the canary in the cave for our nation because if Oklahoma is going woke, if Oklahoma is going all LGBTQIA, SJWB, LMCRT, and we are, then you can bet your bottom dollar. Everybody else listening to this show right now outside of the state of Oklahoma should be worried because if the canary is dying in Oklahoma... I'll tell you what, that noxious gas is pervasive throughout our entire culture. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I want you to listen to this quote. The first one is, oh, two sentences long, so a few words. The second one is just a handful of words long. The first one, if we can effectively kill the national pride and patriotism of just one generation, we will have won that country. And therefore, there must be a continued propaganda effort to undermine the loyalty of citizens in general and teenagers in particular by making drugs of various kinds readily available, by creating the necessary attitudes of chaos, idleness, and worthlessness, and by preparing those people psychologically and politically, we can succeed. Close quote. Vladimir Lenin. I'm going to read it one more time. You need to hear what he said and recognize that the strategy is playing out in your local schools, in your local universities. Schools that you pay for. I know you've heard this time and time again. It's your dollars and you have the right to say something about how those dollars are being used. But are you sitting on your thumb? Are you doing anything about it? Are you rising up and demanding that people listen to you? Are you saying, I don't care if I lose this battle. I'm going to fight it anyway. I'm going to run into the storm. I'm going to wave the banner. I'm going to force you to attend to my concerns. I'll say it once. I'll say it twice. I'll say it a dozen times. I'll say it over and over again. I will fight on the beaches. I will fight on the street. I will fight in the air. I will fight because this is my money. These are my kids. This is my culture. This is my state. This is my country. And I will be heard. Have you done that? If you haven't and you're listening to me right now, then shame on you. You need to get out of the chair and you need to take to the streets. I was speaking at a OCPAC, O-C-P-A-C meeting yesterday, and I was asked in a Q&A session afterwards, okay, fine, you've said all this stuff, but what do we do? Well, my response is, you've got to fight, you've got to speak, you've got to continue to do it over and over again, repetition, repetition, repetition. Wave the banner, wave the banner. 
demand attention. Demand they acknowledge the message on your banner. And if you win waving that banner, great, that's God's grace. But if you lose waving that banner, as long as it's the banner of truth and liberty and freedom, then you need to be willing to go down fighting. You need to be able to, you need to be willing to fight this battle and you need to be willing to lose the battle for the sake of the war. If you're not willing to lose for something, then you will never win anything. I'll say it again. If you're not willing to lose something, then you are never going to win anything. It's those who are willing to lose, to take a risk, to get engaged in the game, in the fight, in the battle. Even if you do lose, you're still willing and eager to do it. It is those people that ultimately celebrate victory. It's not those who sit on the sidelines because they're afraid of failure. So the answer right now is everybody listening to me, if you rose up, if every single person listening to me right now rose up and did something, you would be heard. But unfortunately, we're not doing that. One more time on Vladimir Lenin's quote, if we can effectively kill the national pride and patriotism of just one generation, we will have won that country. (laughs) Do you think that that's going on right now? Killing our national pride? My land, you've got teachers telling your students that they should be embarrassed about America. That they should be ashamed of the United States. That it is nothing but a 1619 evil, evil empire, colonial empire that has oppressed people from the very beginning, and it needs to be torn down, burned down, and that we need to build something better, a utopia, a socialist Marxist utopia out of the ashes of this evil white colonial empire, an empire that stood for slavery, not freedom, an empire that stood for misogyny, not the dignity of women, an empire that stood for lies and treachery, not the truth, the self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our our creator. Oh, by the way, there is no creator, they say. That's just ignorant thinking. We are your creators. We are your gods. You will worship us. You will bow. And that's what they're being told in school today. We can effectively kill If we can effectively kill the national pride and patriotism of just one generation, we will have won that country. We will have won that country. And here's another quote. Control the schools and you control the future. Joseph Stalin. So I've given you two quotes right now. Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin. And both of these quotes tell you exactly what's going on in your local schools. Kill the national pride? Sound familiar? If it doesn't, turn on the news. Destroy patriotism? Sound familiar? If it doesn't, you might want to read a little bit, listen a little bit. This is what's happening. It's pervasive from the White House down. Your universities? This is their goal. This is their objective. This is what critical race theory is about. This is what Joy Hoffmeister refuses to acknowledge that she is complicit in because she's refusing to obey the law. House Bill 1775 makes it illegal in the state of Oklahoma 
to teach that one race is inferior to another race. Well, critical race theory teaches that. It teaches people that if you have one color of skin, that that color of skin makes you guilty. By definition, it's the color of your skin that makes you guilty. That means that if you have that color of skin, you are inferior to other people who don't because they're not guilty and you are. That's racism, folks, and that's exactly what critical race theory teaches, and it's being taught at the University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State University, every other single state university in the state of Oklahoma, as, a, as well as across the nation, teaches this nonsense, and you're sitting silently while it happens. And Vladimir Lenin smiles from hell as he remembers his admonition, if we can effectively kill the national pride and patriotism of just one generation, we will have won that country. As they tear down statues of even Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, do you think Vladimir Lenin smiles an evil grin? If we can effectively kill the national pride and patriotism of just one generation, we will have won that country. He goes on, okay? Therefore, there must be continued propaganda to undermine the loyalty of citizens in general and teenagers in particular. Sound like an agenda for our schools? Sound like what's going on at OU? At OSU? In your local schools as they fight for their right to teach critical race theory and demean everybody who has one color of skin as being inferior to those who don't have that color of skin and demean those who are of one sex, primarily male, to demean them as being inferior to others and to, to demean those who are traditionalists, those who are cisgendered as somehow being evil and wrong and inferior to those that are LGBTQIA+, woke and aware? You know this is going on. You've seen it in the news. And if you've listened to me for five seconds in any previous broadcast, you know that this is a one-string banjo that I've been playing for months. Are we willing to do anything about it? Are we willing to step, step forward with courage like Patrick Henry and say, give me liberty, I demand liberty, I demand human freedom, I demand academic liberty, intellectual freedom, I demand it. Give me liberty or give me death. Are we willing to say with that courage and conviction that liberty is more important than safety and I demand it? I demand it in the classroom, at least, to be able to talk about what I want to talk about and to challenge ideas that I find to be vacuous. Are you willing to do that? That's unacceptable today. I mean, just look at the volleyball player at the University of Oklahoma. Look at the story. You, you heard that story. She, she was immediately labeled a racist. Her, her name was... Kylie McLaughlin. She was the captain. The captain. One more time. The captain on the OU women's volleyball team 
And she was forced, along with everybody else, to watch a film on racism, a woke CRT film on racism, which labeled her a racist just because of the color of her skin. She disagreed with it. She said, this is racism. What you're doing is racist. I'm not the racist. You're the racist for suggesting that anybody should be labeled because of the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. And for saying that, she was removed from the team, told that she could no longer play and that she had to undergo 10 hours of growth training, quote-unquote, in other words, re-education in a re-education camp because she had the wrong ideas to be able to play volleyball at OU. Yeah, that's a real story in your own backyard here in Oklahoma. Or let's look at the professor, Brian McCall, a professor in the OU College of Law, a professor in the University of Oklahoma's law school. He's a devout Christian who expressed his belief in traditional Catholic teachings about what? The family. Oh, shame for shame, a mother and a father that are married to one another who are having children in a nuclear family and raising them with traditional moral standards. How awful could this guy be? Well, he wrote about this not in his official capacity as an OU faculty member. He wrote about it on his personal social media websites, off campus in other words. And what happened to him? He was punished by the dean of the School of Law, Dr. Joseph Haraz, punished McCall for his beliefs, and he stripped him of at least two administrative posts because he was a traditional Catholic who believed in the traditional nuclear family, a man and a woman, married, having children, and raising them to honor God and honor country. Oh, by the way, do you know who Joseph Haraz is? Well, he was the dean of the School of of Law then, but he's now the president of the University of Oklahoma. (laughs) You get that one? Do you get that one? Well, that should bother you. That should make you wonder what the heck is going on. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I've told you over and over again, over and over again, that if we lose control of what is being taught in the classroom, we will lose control of our culture and our country. We will lose our kids. We will lose the very definition of what it means to be a free people. Because if the very idea of land of the free and home of the brave is now deemed to be a a product of white privilege, and that that idea of land of the free and home of the brave is disparaged rather than celebrated, if it's torn down rather than propagated in our progeny, if that idea of being the land of the free and the home of the brave is somehow a negative, if it's somehow nothing but capitalist uh, um, propaganda, it's nothing but capitalism and dripping with white supremacy, or whatever they're saying about it. I mean, who knows what they're saying about it right now? 
But you do know this, it's being disparaged, and you've got the president of the University of Oklahoma actually removing a faculty member from administrative posts and leadership roles and disciplining him and punishing him for doing nothing other than writing in off-campus sites. Non-University of Oklahoma sites writing about the virtues and the values of the nuclear family and of traditional morality. Dr. Joseph Haraz punished Brian McCall for doing so. And was Haraz challenged? Did you challenge him? Did anybody? Did the regents challenge him? Did the regents? Did Governor Stitt, who appoints the regents, did they challenge Haraz? Did they punish Haraz for this unjust treatment of this good Catholic man who was doing nothing, nothing other than expressing his belief that a mother and a father are a good thing, that a nuclear family is the best, and that raising your children to be moral rather than amoral might actually benefit society and benefit them, their temporal well-being as well as their eternal souls. If that's a bad thing, which is what Haraz said because he punished McCall for saying so, why in the world didn't Governor Stitt do something about it by appointing some regents that would actually maybe right the ship? Why in the world haven't the sitting regents confronted this? Why didn't they tell the guy who was president then to go confront Haraz rather than allowing Haraz to continue persecuting this poor Catholic man? Good questions, right? Well, here's the other question. Why in the world did they then go promote Haraz to the actual presidency of the university? They knew what he was like. They knew what he was done. And they made him president of your tax-funded university anyway. Jonathan Small, the president of OCPA, the Oklahoma Council for Public Affairs, which is a conservative think tank here in Oklahoma, recently wrote an article, and he said, I don't understand how a state as red as Oklahoma can have possibly become so obsessively woke. How in the world can it have a university like OU that's so obsessively woke? And he was quoting a law professor and New York Post columnist named Glenn Reynolds. So the question was, how has this happened? How has this happened? Jonathan Small said, well, I I wonder how it's happened too. And I think there's some Oklahoma taxpayers who are scratching their head and asking how it's happened. You know how it's happened? We've been asleep at the switch. You've been asleep at the switch. You haven't stormed the Bastille. You've got a pitchfork. You just haven't used it. And it's about time you do. It's about time you do. Or what Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin said is going to be prophetic rather than just a warning. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's about time you started rebelling, folks. Or it may be too late. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.